0: Blog Talk
1: Radio. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news relating to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. And now, here's your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin'. So
0: good to be with you
2: everybody. Appreciate it so much. It is Monday, December 12, 2016. We're at the height of the uh we're at the height of everything related to Christmas parties and Christmas. It's really wild and crazy. To see what's going on out there. I was in Florida when it's freezing cold here. I was in Florida last week. I was at American Bank shares um, that was really it was a great group of people that I got to speak to. And it just brings in the joy of the spirit. So as I think of so many companies out there, uh, John and Gina Cascuales are great friends, and they do a great job in their company, American Bank Shares. And I know many of you are doing uh, programs and uh, Christmas programs across the country. And we're going to get into that next week and talk about what is going on. How can you? What What is the way you can get... And be a blessing into the markets you serve. I'm really excited about next week. I'll talk about that towards the end of the program. But this week, we've got Ron Weinberg with us. Ron is executive producer and hedge coach of National Mortgage Professional, U M P N P M P U. And uh, very excited about the university, the training he does there. We have a great partnership with National Mortgage Professional, and Ron heads up the university there. And we're going to be talking in the Hot Topic segment how to effectively lead your team and increase in production. How to lead your team to effectively increase production. So it's talking about leadership, production. Good thing we look forward to the new year. So looking forward to having Ron in the Hot Topic segment in the second half of the program. Again, this podcast is by mortgage professionals, for mortgage professionals. We're the proud recipient of the Innovation Award of Progress in Lending. Very grateful for that. And we're also very grateful to have a wonderful partnership with the MBA. They have many conferences coming up across the country. Uh, Nash, the independent mortgage bankers conference is coming up January 23rd through the 26th. I'll be speaking and doing a session there talking about operational efficiencies, but I was looking at the, conf- the all the programs that are out there, all the stuff that's out there. There's a lot of really good content that's going on this year at the independent mortgage bankers conference, January 23rd through the 26th in beautiful warm Palm Springs. I've invited Alice to Alvey, who could not be on the program today. And she said, uh, Let's see if I have this right. It's freezing cold up here, and you want me to be on a panel with you in Palm Springs. I'm in. So I hope all of you will consider all y'all we say here in Texas. Well, kids coming out to Palm Springs, January 23rd through the 26th. Joining in, there's many sessions. We're going to be doing a good one, and we're excited to be there. Also, the National Mortgage Servicing and Expo is going to be going on, the Gaylord, in Texas, February 14th through the 17th. There's other many other conferences throughout the year. Check encourage you to check it out at the MBA Conference and Education website. Also, while you're there, check out Mortgage Alliance. I want to also tell you that we are excited to have sponsors. Arch MI, the creator of the new innovative Raid Star program, Motivity Solutions, providing more reporting and dashboards and scorecards in a real-time manner. Very effective. Velma, we had Brent Emler on last week. Very excited to have him on. And uh, Brent will be, we uh, will go back and listen to this podcast. But if you're looking for an effective marketing solution, that's something you need to consider, Velma. Simplify, real time electronic communication. Glad to have Nancy Alley and the team at Simplify, a part of the radio program sponsorship, as well as the Mortgage Collaborative, the power of the network. And then we have DH, that great technology company helping you move your world forward through technology and they've been in business for 140 years. They have 5500 employees supporting 8,000 clients in 70 countries. I don't know if any other mortgage any other technology company that I know that's in the mortgage space can claim that one. Anyway, check them out at dnhdh.com. DH, two letters. All for their URL, for their uh, website dh.com or call them at 1-800-815-5592. Also, special thank you to Alice, Andy, Joe, Paul, Sam, and everyone who makes this program possible. A special thank you also to Terry Sellers, who's our producer. She does a great job in the background making sure this thing goes off as well, as well planned. And so, we're actually getting programs lined up well into the new year because of Terry's participation. So, anyway, good to have you with us, everybody. Let's get into what's going on with the markets. Joe Fark, good to have hey, you with us. I clicked into your website here. By the way, how am I sounding today? Is it okay today? It's not digitizing too much?
3: You are digitizing a bit, Dave.
2: Uh, I love it. I'll switch over. While you're giving your report, I'm going to switch over to my handset. So we've got a little POTS line. But uh, give us an update on what is going on, friend.
3: Well, unfortunately, I have to report that uh, the slide in MBS prices is continuing. Uh, This morning, though, we're only down 430 seconds. We've been down a little more than that. so we're off the lows. What uh, happened this morning is that the uh, price of oil has gone up again. Over the weekend, there was a, uh, a pretty major announcement from uh, non-OPEC company countries that are oil producers, primarily Russia, have announced uh, a, a planned cut of production in the future. And you know, uh, just as when OPEC made their announcement, that has driven the price of oil higher, has driven stocks higher, uh, although the Dow's up only just a, a few points today. And um, and because of the concern for inflation has driven uh, MBS prices lower and mortgage rates higher as a result. So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting, interesting to see that the, the voluntary response from non-OPEC, countries is uh, uh consistent but it's also uh, subject to uh, actually happening you know these are all just announcements all so right as we get into it we'll see if it actually happens but all the price of oil has gone up and is now sitting at 50 percent higher than it was this time last year so a significant wow. increase in the price of oil um last week uh I, 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 again, I, I can report that the volatility subsided some last week, Dave. That what that means, though, is that we only saw midday price changes four out of five days instead of five out of five, <laughs> five days. <laughs> it's, so, um, it's so amazing. It's yeah. been a it's been a wild ride, and uh, you know, the, the last week too, the the depth of movement was not as great as, as it has been. But uh, as I mentioned, we still have seen some. Some fairly uh, volatile movement during the day. For the week, we lost uh, about 25 basis points in price. Um, so, you know, not a big, not a big drop, but still, uh, when you add it to all that's happened in the past, it's uh, it's a pretty big move. The ECB meeting was the big driver last week. It was both uh, in advance of the ECB meeting on Wednesday. MBS prices improved as investors. Um, Expected to hear from the ECB an, an increase in their quantitative easing program on Thursday. When the announcement was made, they did hear of an increase. What they were expecting to hear was a six-month extension at 80 billion euros a month. What they heard was a nine-month extension for at 60 billion euros a month. They didn't like that, even though it was a longer amount. And when you do all the math, it's it's more. Um, there was a, a a disappointment in the market that the uh amount of the monthly purchases was going to be lower beginning in in April and uh, as a result they reversed the benefits that had been seen on Wednesday and um, uh, and then some a little bit so uh, that was the big mover last week. And then on Friday, it, it, it we lost some as well, but this time it was on uh, a little better than expected economic mm. data. Uh, primarily, the con- consumer sentiment jumped to uh, 70, uh, 98 uh, above the consensus of 94, and it was the best level in almost two years. So uh, wow. more good economic data. Then uh, let's look at the at the week ahead. You know, the ECB was in the spotlight last week. It's going to be the Fed in the spotlight this week. Uh, they begin their two-day meeting tomorrow. Their announcement will come out at 2 o'clock Eastern time on Wednesday. A press conference is going to follow this announcement. Uh, totally expected to see a 25 basis point increase in the Fed funds rate. And uh, so what's going to be important at this meeting is what they say about future increases. And then also what they say about the the current state of the economy and the euphoria with, uh, uh, as being seen in the stock market, Uh, you know, we're sitting close to Dow 20,000. So as as always, that Fed meeting is going to be uh, of importance to the, to the investors and will likely create low volatility. Uh, As far as economic data goes, next week, uh, on the Wednesday before we hear from the Fed, retail sales is going to come out, industrial production is going to come out, uh, along with PPI. Uh, Thursday is CPI, and then uh, we start to see some of the housing data that is sort of post-increase in interest rates Uh, on Friday with the National Association of Home Builders uh, coming out with their survey, and then housing starts comes out on Friday. So, um, you know, a big week ahead primarily because of the Fed. Big week, and that's where the focus is going to be. Wednesday's a big day, a lot of
2: economic data coming out.
3: It really is, yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, I think the Fed's going to trump anything going to Trump retail sales or any of the other information that's out there. So it, what? one of the questions that someone just texted me yeah, that I think is good, uh, they said, love Joe's segment, ask him what happens if the feds don't raise. And I want my immediate response is so I'm, I'm going to answer the question you tell me before, right. is greater volatility. If they don't increase, then the speculation of when and how, it's just going to create more uncertainty, and uncertainty seems to bring volatility. Is that a fair assessment?
3: Dave, I think it is. You know, quite frankly, whether the Fed increases or not, the Fed fund rate has very little direct impact on mortgage rates. In that, it's uh, short end versus long end on the yield curve. And so, if they don't raise, uh, that's got to cause investors to, especially mortgage investors, to question whether or not uh, right. inflation is going to become a bigger issue. So, um, I, I would be number one. I'd be shocked if they don't. But if they if they don't uh, I think you're right. It'll create, create a lot of volatility, and I don't think it'll be necessarily good for, for mortgage rates.
2: Yeah, I think the assumption will be worst case, but no matter what environment you're in, the volatility is here to stay. I think even after this, we may see things settle down a bit, but how can people operate in a world without having a service like MBS CoatLine? I just don't understand it, Joe. There's some that try, but I'm getting more and more people. Every time I go, I sign, I was out in Florida again recently. We got New clients signed up with your service. I believe yeah, in what you're doing. That. Yeah, it's an honor. I, well, I believe in what you're doing. I believe what the power of this service gives. If anyone who's a serious professional and you're not using this, well, I will challenge you to reconsider that decision. <laughs> and you want to learn more, you can stay tuned. Listen to this message. We're going to be right back. We're going to go out to Paul Mallow's on the line. I always love to get some insights of what's going on in the market Stay in touch with all that's happening. We'll be right back with Paul Moll. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break.
4: Looking for that competitive
1: edge?
4: mbsquoteline.com,
2: mbsquoteline.com,
4: 646-716-4972, the Lickin on Lending Show is back, here is your host, David Lickin,
2: good to have you back everybody, Paul Mallow with IMF News is on the website, or on. he's on the website, he's also on, our, on the line here, it's good to have you joining us, What well, Paul, how are you doing
5: sir? I'm doing just fine.
2: Just fine. Well, folks, if you're not getting this email from our newsletter coming out of IMF News' website, you need to go to their website, imfnews.com. Click on the uh, link. It's free. That's a good price. Most of you can afford that. Some of you may not, but most free. of you can afford it, but grab it. You can't not afford to how, listen to it. How them. can you? Yeah, you got to. You got to read it. Got it. A lot of good information. So let's go through the headlines today, my friend. What you got?
5: Sure. Uh, listen, uh, it's it's getting uh, interesting. Uh, even though it is year end, things can get a little slow news-wise here. But um, first thing up, uh, SoFi, also known officially known as Social Finance. That's that internet, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. Um, FinTech firm, uh, privately right. held at this point. Uh they're writing the first non agency jumbo mortgage backed security according to uh, one of the SEC filings that our Brandon and Ivy dug up. So uh, the interesting oh. thing about it though, no nothing on dollar size. There's two hundred and seventy two mortgages that were reviewed by Clayton. Uh more info will be coming out shortly. Uh but this is the first MBS by a FinTech company, so that's notable. Uh, And we led with that. We also crunched the latest GSE buyback numbers. John Bancroft, our staff, does that. Uh, There was a bit of a spike uh, in buybacks for the month uh, or, should I say, Hmm. for the quarter. And and a lot of it's tied to to cleanups. Bank of America uh, accounted for a big chunk of that. So I should keep that in mind as a caveat. Uh, Anyone who's a seller servicer to Fannie and Freddie know that buybacks haven't entirely disappeared. but, But, you know, they are winding down. Uh, and a lot of lenders you know it's it's just part of doing business and the volume of of normal buybacks is going to be pretty low uh, has been low and will continue to be that way going forward more than likely uh one thing that's perking up you guys talked about rates and bonds and all that neat stuff uh with yeah. Joe Far uh rates are ticking up and have ticked up 75 bips since the election just about on the 10 year and let me tell you, there's lots of chatter about MSR deals coming alive again. Uh, in, in Center Mortgage Advisors in Denver's working on a couple of deals. Uh, two $5 billion deals were told by Tom Piercy there. Uh, Mark Garland of Mountain View told us he's working on some stuff, and their deals are going to hit the market soon. Uh, there's also talk of uh, two more $5 billion deals. So it looks like $20 billion might be in the market this week. Uh, and it's been pretty slow wow. there. Uh, but you know, th- th- it's funny. You talk to these servicing uh, advisors, these, these investment bankers, and they'll tell you, even though this, you know, this rate increase has been with us for, you know, over a month now, a lot of people are, <laughs> they can't believe it. It's going to last, and, and that's one of the, you know, the challenges here. You know, that's you interesting. people to buy and sell. a – uh, because they think rates could fall back down, and and anyone who's been watching the stock mo- stock market, you guys have talked about the stocks and bonds and the whole thing. Right. You know, there's there's people out there think you know we could easily see a 2000, 2000 point correction in the Dow because they think you know this is all, you know this is all on the come so to speak, and uh, it's all expectations. And uh, you know, as soon as Trump puts his hand on that Bible and <laughs> gets sworn in, yep. you know that. Uh, you know, if things don't start picking up pretty quick, uh, you're going to see a big blow off in the stock market. And one thing people haven't talked about, and this, as far as stocks are concerned, there's a lot of short covering supposedly going on too, because uh, you know it's it's get a lot of speculators out there. So, right. uh, you know, I, I don't know what to think. I'm not a a market expert per se, but you know, all these things sound very rational to me, and uh, we'll you know let's wait and see what happens, but. Anyway, in tandem with that, uh, we have a story from Tom Ressler about uh, what Trump's going to do with new regulations and how it applies to the CFPB. Uh, There's been some former uh, CFPB officials who wonder whether the reach of the administration uh, can touch something like the CFPB, which is considered an independent uh, regulatory agency, at least right now, uh, with that PHH court case uh, still up in the air. Uh, and we'll see about whether um, they can stop the CPB from issuing any new regulations. Uh, in the short-take right. section, we talked about the 10-year a little more, bit more, uh, as I mentioned. 2.51% uh, on the 10-year as the market opened this morning. That's the highest in 27 months. Uh, Black Knight has been crunching on some data, and they said 700,000 more borrowers are no longer uh, eligible for a refi. Uh, Joe Garrett's out there. He's a consultant with Garrett McCauley. A lot of people know Joe. And he's advising uh, mortgage companies that, you know, we're planning their budgets for next year. That's already been done. But he's telling, uh, you know, mortgage bankers that you may want to go back and look at your origination estimates and your refis estimates for 2017 because, you know, refis are going down, let's face it. And there's just uh, a lot more chatter about this and that and some people items, first guarantee. Mortgage, uh, which I believe is partly owned by Pimco. They just hired Brian Daly and Brian work from Bank of America, Nathan yep. Star, and others. So I don't know if you know Brian, but anyway, that's all the uh, that news that's fit for today.
2: What's this one story you have here, Angela Mazzello, A good pick? For, <laughs> is, is is that a is, is that a typo in there? <laughs> uh,
5: listen, What's that you about? You know, I, I like Joe. Joe, that's from Joe Garrett. His his, his newsletters that neat. is he sends it out to clients. And he goofs around, and it, it, it's—he actually puts a ton of non-mortgage stuff in there, which I really like to read. Uh, yeah, about this good. and that, and politics and sports and history, and anyway, he threw that out there saying Angela Mozillo, because of his knowledge of housing, actually would be a good HUD secretary, and I—I I think that would be way true be, uh, before Countrywide's meltdown. Uh, but you know, I think Joe's just some uh, ideas out there, and yeah, was
2: I, I was—I thought that's what could, you were taking it from. Yeah, I, I didn't even that.
5: mention that. You had to bring it up, David.
2: So I, <laughs> I had to bring it, up, bring it up, of course. I saw that on it. Because well, I think a lot of people's eyes are going to go to that and go, what? What?
5: You missed that. So, anyway. That's you
2: know. yeah, so what good. You yeah, Joe, you, um, uh, Paul, you do a great job, and I uh, appreciate your comments about what you know, all that's happening in here. Your are studying the whole group. Brandon, John, yourself, uh, Thomas, uh, you guys do a great job of getting out there and Staying on top of the stories, that's why I think it's such a valuable resource to many of our listeners. Folks, if you're not signed up, head over to imfnews.com. Get signed up. It'll end up in your inbox, and we appreciate the friendship and partnership up there with you, friend. All right.
5: Thank you. Without for
2: effort, you betcha. You have a good one. We'll look forward you to too. talking to you back next week. You bet. Uh, normally, we'd be running over to Alice Alvey. Alice is out of the office right at the moment. Well, she's got some clients that came in. Alice is one busy lady. And, uh, but we're excited to, um, uh, be in partnership with it. If you're looking for some of the train and get your business going, I encourage you to check out Alice, but without further ado, I want to run the uh, ad for Velma. I want you to pay attention to this because we're all looking for ways of effectively connecting with people. Velma is a great service. Last week we had Brent Embler on the line and did an interview. If you did not, if you missed that, go back and listen to it. It's on the website. You can download and listen to it. But, um, Reaching and connecting to people is so important. So let's hear from Brent and what's all about, what Velma is all about. Are you using one of those expensive CRMs that your loan officers won't use? If so, then give my friends at Velma a call and let them help you create a customer journey that relies on the data and not on loan officer interaction. I encourage you to consider working with Velma to create a truly automated marketing experience for your organization. Velma makes marketing automation easy. Schedule a demo today at Velma.com, V E-L-M-A.com.
5: Simplifile has technology that gives you the ability to collaborate with settlement agents via real-time chat and messaging, allowing you to track changes, send, receive, and validate documents, as well as obtain status updates and deal with issues as they arise. All of this in a real-time electronic communication exchange. And best of all, you have a complete audit trail of all communications. To learn more, go to simplifile.com or call our good friend Nancy Alley at 1-800-460-5657.
2: So good to have you with us, everybody. We've got Sam Garcia on the line. It's always great to have Sam giving us a rundown and other aspects of the news. So, Sam, good to have you. How's it, it? Was it? You know, those Cowboys. What happened last night?
6: Yeah, let's just move on to the news. All right. <laughs> so much for that.
2: Yeah, I, my Seahawks. Same thing, man. It was a just. Dis- it was just not a good day for football for us. <laughs> so we were, we're both. We're following the Hawks and the Cowboys, but that was a disappointing game to put on my alley. But let's yeah, let's get over to the news. So run through some
6: of the stuff that you're looking at, Sam. Yeah, sure. Uh, last week. The Mortgage Bankers Association. They put out their mortgage production profits report for the third quarter. Um, it's pretty detailed. I mean, that's a long report. It's got a lot of good metrics in yeah. it. Um, one of the things we uh, reported on was net production in- income, and of course, this is at independent lenders uh, or banking or mortgage subsidiaries of banks. But um, net production income was 78 basis points in the third quarter. Uh, it was better than 73 basis points three months earlier and much better than 55 basis points a year earlier. And what you know, when you dig in, the net income was really boosted by lower production expense as, of course, originations have been higher lately. And we saw that production expense was cut to 291 basis points from 299 in the second quarter and 306 a year earlier. So uh, those production expenses uh, really helped out quite a bit. And of course, as average originations go, Productions expense tend to uh, fall as far as by on uh, a basis point uh, basis. Um, and one other uh, I, interesting metric, I think, from that report is the average loan origination fee. That was 46 basis points in the uh, latest report. So that's up, like, uh, from 41 in the prior one. Um, over at CoreLogic, they put out a report, and that indicates that the average U.S. loan-to-value ratio was 55.4% in the third quarter. Um, and, of course, as uh, loan-to-value ratios decline, that means lenders are in better position as far as the equity they have invested in a particular loan. Um, so we saw a drop to 554 from um, 56% a year ago. And in addition, of course, to lenders being in a better uh, position um, and uh, the borrowers are in a better position too, so everybody's better off when loan to values are dropping, and of course, uh, property values are are rising, and that's what it that, you know is based on. Um, right. And again, uh, it was actually 57.3 percent is where the average was a year ago. Um, in Hawaii, it was 44.1% average loan to value. That's the lowest in the nation. So, you know, the, the place with the best equity, we'll say. Um, the other side of that scale, it's Oklahoma, where the average is 67.4% average loan to value. Um, Finance of America, as part of our mortgage origination survey, they provided us some data about their operations. And they closed 5.5 billion dollars in the third quarter. Um, business shot up from uh, three months earlier um, by a quarter or 25 percent, and it was up 94 percent from a year earlier. So they've seen some pretty spectacular growth over this last year. Um, their staff has yeah. actually is actually grown to 3,600 people from uh, they had just 2,650 a year ago. So you know they're they're adding people to cover some of this growth here. Um, our mortgage market index, you know, which we derive from open-closed data on rate locks, was up 22% last week. It was the second week in a row business was up, and you know, like I mentioned last week, it's a little bit odd given that rates are up. So we talked to open-closed senior vice president Vince Fury, and he speculated that this surge recently in lock activity was likely due to the uh, originators preserving their fundable pipeline. And and, and they have expectations of a Fed rate hike this week, so they're kind of trying to get ahead of the game there and keep this keep some value on you know the pipeline they already have. Fannie um, Score put out a, a new default risk index last week. Um, it's a measure of relative changes in risk level, and it's benchmarked uh, against the third quarter of 2013, the base the base period. And based on that index, the probability of default on mortgages that were originated in the second quarter of this year was 0.99%. And what's more significant is that was a nice improvement from um, uh, just uh, one quarter earlier when it was 1.06% probability of risk default. And last year, at the same time, 1.41%. So uh, just in general, there's less risk uh, of default on more recent uh, originations. And, you know, you combine that with some of the other stuff we've seen. Yeah. Always always good news. Uh, Anyway, one other thing, you know, I heard uh, Paul mention SoFi, another marketplace lender lending home funding. They reported last week that um, they've originated a billion dollars in mortgages since they've opened in 2013. Um, they're in San Francisco, and they've grown their staff from just 85 people back in May 2015 to uh, more than 250 people currently. So they're seeing some pretty good growth too.
2: Are you, do you know if they're a traditional conforming lender or are they a non-conforming lender like uh, SoFi?
6: Um, it looked like they had a whole range of different products there, actually. So uh, and you know uh, they've. Uh, They've got a platform now that they've come out with so they can do some securitizations. We'll see where that takes them.
2: Yeah, really interesting. Very, very interesting. It's always good to have you on, Sam. you got a great amount of information on your website. For those that have not gone to your website, I encourage them to do so. MortgageDaily.com or give Sam a call at 214-521-1300. Appreciate you being on the line. So much. Oh, Have a great one. Always come a in.
6: pleasure. Happy holidays.
2: Yeah. Rooting. Happy holidays and rooting for the Cowboys here. May they, gosh, this bluesy by three. Come on. What is that about? Anyway, we'll, we'll try to put that behind us. All right. Folks, we're <laughs> going to be right back. We're going to be right back after this brief break.
1: The Mortgage Collaborative was founded by former chairman of the NBA, John Robbins and David Kittle, and leaders at the forefront of the diversity movement in the real estate industry, Jim Park and Gary Acosta. The Mortgage Collaborative is the nation's only independent cooperative. The collaborative provides its members the opportunity to meet and form meaningful relationships with top mortgage professionals and leaders in our industry. In a relationship-driven business such as ours, often who you know is as important as what you know. To learn more, go to MortgageCollaborative.com or call Rich Swarbinski at 440-552-0691. The power of the network.
2: You know, we're always trying to find places where we can save money and help our clients save money. And, and that's the most important thing we do is we're here to serve the borrower and get them the best possible deal. And I think when you're looking at that, for those people that are needing MI insurance, it is so important that you have the tools necessary so you can get them the latest rates. I want to ask you, have you checked out Arch MI's RateStar program? If you haven't, listen to this message. I encourage you to get a hold of the local representative. Here's Jim Jump.
4: Hi, David. Thanks for having me on, and we're happy to be a proud sponsor of the program. And today I'd like again to talk about RateStar from Arch Mortgage Insurance. RateStar is a revolutionary tool that allows mortgage originators to dynamically price mortgage insurance and match coverage to Archimai's most competitive rates. And that's important because it allows you to compete more effectively, qualify more borrowers, and of course, close more loans. That's the power of RateStar. Originators from around the country are letting us know just how quick and easy RateStar is to use. And all you need is your NMLS number, and you can access RateStar anywhere, anytime, using multiple points of entry, including most LOS systems, product and pricing engines and through our websites at archmi.com and archmicu.com for credit unions. And of course, it's available through our mobile app for smartphones and tablets. RateStar makes it easy to choose what type of mortgage insurance covered your loan needs. You just touch, tap, and go. Quotes are delivered in seconds and represent our most competitive Archmi rates based on the strength and quality of the loan application. And I have to tell you, David, getting a mortgage insurance quote has never been so powerful or so simple. And with that, I'll turn it back over to you and say thanks. Have a great day, everybody.
2: So true. It is easy, and it's wonderful to be able to help our customers save money as well as your customers. I'm not in the lending business. My customers are you, the mortgage lenders, and we're thrilled to be here with you each and every week. For having you take us into your lives by tuning in and listening live. Many of you are dialed in. I can't believe the number of people dialed in on the, on the phone line. It's just amazes to me. And then also, many, many more are dialed in via the Internet. They're listening on cell phones. They're listening with their computers while at the desk. Many are also downloading, doing this while they're driving, commuting, or even working out. So we appreciate this, what you're, who you are with uh, by, by spending time with us. I, I was reading a quote earlier and I thought it was significant. It said, You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. In other words, you're not worse than the average of those people. Your focus on the industry is, uh, or your focus on your career. I mean, you are the average of all those aspects of the five people that you spend the most time with. So so who are you spending time with? One of the guys I get to spend time with is a, our next guest, Ron Weinberg, And I'm really excited to have Ron on the call. We have a relationship with many good coaches out there, a host of them. We know most of them. And there's some – I mean, they're, I think – Everyone has their heart in the right place. I really like Ron's approach as well as uh, what some of the others are doing out there. But each of them have their own fingerprint, and it's so important that you get to know them. So we've invited Ron Weinberg to join us on the call. Ron, are you there?
0: I'm here, Dave. Thank you so much for having me.
2: Yeah, such a good Ron. You're a 26-year veteran of the mortgage industry. You're the executive director and head coach for National Mortgage Professionals University, which is a division of the National Mortgage Professional Magazine. You're a leading speaker, you're a trainer, you're a strategic coach. I want to get into some of the strategic things you're doing, and you're doing it to some of the top producers and loan officers and account executives across the United States. So, it's really interesting to get in and understand your unique approach to how you implement success strategies. So, we're going to be talking about the topic is how to get more volume and strategies to get more volume in the new year. So let's get on into it. It's really great to have you with us. And uh, let's talk about uh, why this is such an important topic for many managers and team leaders, and it's how to effectively lead your team to increase production. So give us some thoughts on that, Ron.
0: Well, Dave, I mean, one of the biggest things is that through, through coaching, through training, a lot of times managers will come to me and they're frustrated that they're not able to get their salespeople to where they want them to be. And a lot of it has to do with how they put their planning system with their loan officers or their account executives together. You know, One of the things I often talk about in just marketing with salespeople is they do one-and-done marketing. They go out there, they... Try something, it doesn't work, and a lot of times they won't continue to do it. Well, what a lot of managers do in their goal setting and their planning, it's almost akin to one and done because what they do is they go out, they sit down with their salespeople, and there's a bunch of things that create issues with how the goal setting is done, but they sit down, they talk about their plan, and a lot of times they don't really check in with the loan officer or the account executive or their sales team other than just trying to reinforce the goal versus mm-hmm. really digging in as to why the goal is not being achieved. And a lot of times that has to do with because it wasn't even set up properly from the beginning.
2: Really interesting. I mean, so when you
0: look at how
2: someone does a one and done versus a program, I want to get into that. And that is really down the area of your expertise. You're a national trainer, you a coach to loan officers and managers and mortgage owners, company owners, and and it's not just retail, it's also wholesale and, and correspondent executives. And uh, what do you see as some of the biggest challenges facing managers when it comes to leadership and motivation, two of my favorite topics, and as it relates to how to imp- increase production with their sales teams? Well,
0: there, and... and those are two actually different components that are, that come into play with getting people where you want them to be. When it comes to when you talk
2: about the two components, you mean the, the wholesale and correspondent?
0: No, no leadership and motivation.
2: Oh, the leadership motivation. Okay. I want to make sure we clarify that for our listeners. Okay. So the leadership and motivation, I'd love to get in. Yeah.
0: Explain that. Yes. Okay. Well, from the leadership perspective, what happens is unfortunately or fortunately, a lot of managers have a mindset and their mindset is if these, if my salespeople just did what I would do, they'd be successful. The problem is, is, and I always joke with my clients, I go, if they were just like you, they probably wouldn't be working for you. They'd probably be working for someone else and they'd probably be your competition. So one of the things from a leadership standpoint is that a lot of people in leadership positions, and I'm, you know, I'm not trying to make a blanket statement because you know, that, that is not true, but there are many managers, especially in the smaller to mid-level mortgage companies, that really don't understand the components of leadership, and what they also don't understand is that you, their motivation for someone to succeed is not necessarily that person's motivation. There are key things that have to be done to put the leadership in motion, to put the goals in motion, to put the plans in motion. And a lot of the leaders are so busy, a lot of the company owners, the small businesses, they're so busy doing their own production that they don't have time to work with their salespeople. From a motivational perspective, I'm assuming, does that part make sense?
2: Yeah, yeah, that does make sense. Yeah,
0: it does. From the motivational aspect of it, I just kind of hinted at this a second ago. From the motivational perspective, it's if I'm motivated by one thing, if you're motivated by something else, my motivation, my reason for achieving whatever my goals are, doesn't mean anything to you. And you know, we are in the money business, but it's not a for motivation. It's not about what. It's not about the money. It's about what money allows you to do. So different people will have their own motivations, and it's amazing that when it comes to goal setting, traditional goal setting, we talk about, okay, production numbers, pull through, fallout, conversion, and all of those, all of those things are very, very important, but if that's all you do, and you right. don't find out what's going to get that person into work every day, what's going to inspire them, what's going to motivate them. If you don't uncover that, then what you're doing is you're just pushing numbers at them. They're giving you numbers, yeah. and unfortunately, a lot, of ma- a lot of loan officers, a lot of AEs, I've seen this. They yeah. tell their managers what they want to hear, or they tell them a number that is their wish number, but it's not really their commitment <laughs> number. And those numbers are very often very different.
2: Yeah, Joe, I know you got to cut and run here because you got a meeting go to. I want to bring you into the discussion and let you ask any questions or Ron that come to top of mind. Uh, throwing the mic to you here in the last minute. I you, I'm just looking at the time. I know you have to exit out here. I want to make sure you get any questions that, well, that you know, you. Your, your customers would like to have answered by Ron.
3: Well, uh, you talk about the growth and leadership plan, and and I just want you to dig into that a little deeper. What do you mean by a growth plan, and, and you know, is, is that something that uh, every manager should have?
0: Well, I believe that a lot of managers – and this that, is a great question, Joe – I think a lot of managers have growth plans. The problem is, is that the depth isn't there, and when I say a manager's plan – they have their branch plan or their company plan, but how that gets disseminated down to the, the, their sales force, their sales team, it's not getting deep enough there. If it's deep enough at the top, sometimes it's just not getting deep enough. And, and, and what I'm talking about is a couple of things. You know, the, the way I break down um, goal setting is into five components. And the first component is goals. Okay? It's you know, coming up with those numbers, the, those metrics that can be you know, actually measure the results. But then you have the additional, additional piece, which is finding out someone's why, which is what I was just talking about, mm-hmm. motivation. If somebody's why, and there's a lot of talk about. There's a lot of books that have been coming out as of late. I mean, not that I've written on this topic, but I've been talking about it for years. And if someone is not clear on their why, then their performance is not going to be where they want it to be. expression I always use in my programs is, if somebody's why is big enough, they'll always find a way. So if we don't... it's a great statement. Us, thank you. And unfortunately, again, coming back to what I said before, managers are so busy with their own production, and their own why is super clear to them. They're so busy with what they need to do that they just talk numbers with their salespeople, they don't talk about that next step in motivation. I mean, there's more pieces to getting deeper or getting a plan that works together. But if you don't have the goals and then you don't have it tied into a why, the plan right from that point is destined to fail because you don't have the key component of motivation.
2: That is
0: that is so
2: true, and I don't want to get into that, but I want to let Joe get in one more question if you if you have time, Joe.
3: Yeah, uh, well, just uh, an example or two. What, what kinds of whys? I mean, everyone might say, well, I want to make a million bucks, but is that the yeah. kind of why you're talking about?
0: <laughs> well, it, it, what, what I'll do is when I'm working with someone and pretty much when I start out with, a, with with coaching, what I'll do is I'll ask someone what is their goal, and they'll give me a number, and I'll say, why is that their goal? So they'll say, I want to make a million dollars, or I want to make 100000 or two hundred, or 500000 And I'll ask them, why do you want to make that amount? And they'll give me general statements like, I want to be more comfortable. I want to have a better life. I want to be able to buy things. And that, being that vague, doesn't get you anywhere. Yeah. I, and, and it's amazing that when I try to get people to be specific, they struggle with it. They struggle Mm -hmm. with it because they've never really thought in that way. And and just to give give a simple example, one of the things I do in my live events is I ask the audience, I say, I want you to write down on a piece of paper how much money, it doesn't matter what date we're at, I say, 12 months from now, let's assume that 12 months from now you're going to get a W-2. How much would you like it to say from from today, 12 months from now? I go write down that number. Give me a second. And then I ask and I go, now I want you to write down the number that you're absolutely committed to making. And then they write down that number. And I will tell you that traditionally, seventy percent or more of the people in that room, as soon as I'm used the word commitment, their income number goes down.
5: Yeah. yeah. And then when I
0: ask them, I go, why does that happen? And then you start getting like a little laughter, like that uncomfortable laughter and a little bit of hemming and falling. But the reason why the number changed is because the commitment number, they understand how that relates to their life. The want number, they don't. But top producers, it's amazing. Top producers, their numbers are always the same.
2: So let's talk about the why. I mean, why do you think that is so difficult for people who, when you can't talk and nail them down to commitment, is it a lack of a plan? You, to, you do a lot of consulting and strategy, so is it a lack of a plan or clearly seeing what to do? Is that the issue? I mean, when you, you talk about what you train about, what you're training at uh, National Mortgage Professional University. Talk, talk a little bit about that. Well,
0: well the reason why, and, you know, this is just my own feelings as to why people struggle with it, is because, one, they've never really thought of things in terms of a why. They just kind of do things. And, two, it's, you know, in the back of people's heads, there's always, well, what if I try in a, or what if I do it and I don't make it? What if I fail? Yeah. So there's almost a protective mechanism with some people, not all people. But it's a protective mechanism that they're just so used to living their lives and maybe their life is their, a, a life of survival that yeah. they don't know what to do. And see, right now, what's very interesting, which kind of brings us a little bit further into the conversation, if I can just go there for a second, is that the market's changing. We all know that. I mean, <laughs> listen to the first half of the program, and we know what rates have been doing, <laughs> and let, you know, you know what's hitting the fan in a bunch of companies right now because if they are, have been dependent upon refis or even if a pipeline represents 40% or 30% of your business, that is a significant drop-off based upon market changes. So right. what's happening now is all of a sudden people are saying, well, we've got to go get more purchase business. And kind of like, no, duh, of course you do. But here's the thing. Now they have to make a plan, which is actually the third component of the five components of a business plan. Right. They have to make a plan, and they have to schedule it, okay? So they make a plan, and they say, you know, it, it, it could be something as, I'm going to make more realtor calls. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I hear this from people. They say, the market's changing, you know, but I'm committed to my goals, so I'm going to do whatever it takes. And we've all heard that statement. I'm going to do whatever it right. takes. And my response to that is, that's great. How do you schedule that? And then you get a year-and-a-half so look. You get the, well, I think that's – so
2: I want to go back to the why thing, and then I want to get into the five components so a little sure. bit more depth. You mm-hmm. went to the third one a little bit. I want to talk about the, the why. Several people have texted me. I would, under, I would like to understand what goes into Hawaii, into why. What are the components? How do you lead people that those that are struggling? I I do the same thing. I ask why are you in business? What is your reason? And I I get oftentimes a like, well, I'm in a business to make money. Well, then money should be a result. If you've listened to Patrick Lencioni or any of the other, I mean, money is a result. It's not the reason why. Unless you're a hedge fund and you're a product and your result is just making money, money should be a result of doing your job well or operating in your why successfully. So how do you get people to open up to understand what their why was? we got a lot of text messages coming in to me on that by the way if you want to text me text me at 512-632-2900 512-632 and I shared that I forgot to share that earlier on, so people can text me with their questions and I'll interject them so go ahead
0: and a lot of people struggle with it so in the short time we have I'm going to go, I'm going to go as far as I can and I'm also going to share a story which is going to really illustrate it but okay. what oh, well, what happens is when it comes to business and goals people are approaching it from a logical standpoint. The thing is, though, our driving force is not logic, it's emotion. So mm-hmm. if I'm working with someone, I'm going to ask questions like, okay, they say this is their goal, I'll say why. they'll say, oh, because I'll be more comfortable. I'm like, why do you want to be more comfortable? And and, and like a little ch- a kid, you know, Just if you drill, say no to why why, why 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 why. But then I, what we're actually going for is – Everything we do is to experience an emotion. So yeah. the person who buys the BMW, it's not because they need transportation. That's logical. Okay, They could go out and get a, a smart car. That's transportation too. Why are they getting a BMW? Because there's a feeling that is associated with it. Why does an individual say, I want to make sure my Children do not have to pay for college. They're going to go to college. They're going to have no student loans. So I am saving from today forward to make sure that when they become 17 or 16 or whatever year they're going to go to college, that I've got all the money. They don't have to worry about it because to me, as a great parent, I want to give them a great head start without debt. Now we could say, Ron, that's just logical, but it's not. It's driven by emotion. So when we're working in our business, We have to understand that the emotions that are driving us every single day, the paycheck, I mean, there are a lot of zombies in this world that go to wake up every day, they go to work, they get a paycheck, and their why, this is how deep they go, their why is, I'm getting a paycheck, so I can keep the roof over my head, now, If I were to ask that person, I could be that little kid again. Why, 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 why? Well, why is it important for you to keep a roof over your head? And eventually it's going to come down to feelings and emotions. And the story that I wanted to share with you, which I share with a lot of clients, so now I'm sharing it to the world, is I I have a client. um, She's the owner of, of a branch company in Northern California. And she's been a client of mine for many years. And when we first started, I had given her an audio program I had recorded a number of years ago called Create My Future. And as my clients get that access to that program, and I said, I just want you to listen to the first part out of the four. So it's about 30 minutes, and I said, just make sure you do the assignment. So, long story short, she listened to the program. She comes back on. She goes, Ron, I've been, I've been coached before. I've been, I've been you, know, doing things before. And I'll tell you, I wrote things down on this sheet of paper as far as my goals, and I know I'm not going to do it. I said, okay, well, that wasn't the response I was looking for, but okay. At least she was honest. So I said to her, I go, look, I go, let me ask you a question. I go, "Do do you like the mortgage business? She goes, I love the mortgage business. I say, great, forget about the mortgage business for a second. I go, what's the most important thing to you in your life? And without batting an eye, she goes, my relationship with my husband. I said, tell me about it. So she started telling me about her relationship with her husband, and her husband is her best friend. She loves her kids, but she was focused on her husband and that relationship. And you could hear the excitement and the emotion building. So I said to her, I go, great. I go, today, with your current income, are you able to do all the things that you would like to do with him? She goes, no. So I said, well, what would be those things that you would love to do with your husband if, if money wasn't an issue? And she started listing all these other things. Now, some were materialistic, some were practical, some were, you know, the kid's college. I mean, there was all, all these different things, but she was excited about it. And then I said to her these words, and I said, do you understand that the mortgage business that you said you love is the vehicle to make all of these dreams come true? And she was silent hmm. for 30 seconds on the phone. And David, you know, you, every, Dave, Joe, everybody was on this call knows that 30 seconds on the phone is forever. A
2: long time.
0: It's forever. (laughs) But but I knew I couldn't say anything. And then she said to me, she goes, Ron, she goes, you helped me more in 30 minutes than six months of my previous coaching program. Because I don't believe in coaching. and, And this works for some people. It doesn't work for me, which is why I don't do it. The person who's got to be pushing behind that person every day, like, did you make your calls, did you do this, did you do this, did you do this, which means is like babysitting, I don't do that. What I want to do is I believe when you understand your why, you are then driven. And I'm not a martial arts expert, and I'm sure there are some that are on this call, but the discipline of the keto is you use other people, in, 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 in battle, you use other people's ag- the other people's energy, energy. against right. You. Well, in business, I'm not going to use it against you, but I want to use your energy to move you forward. And if I understand yeah. what your driving energy is, then all I got to do is tap into it. And the way you do that is by asking great questions.
2: I think I think the Socratic process of asking questions. Socrates is where we get the word Socratic process. It's it's a mm-hmm. process. Socrates was known for asking a lot of questions. Is that the basis for how you go about it? And I'm looking at the clock. I can't believe we are already almost out of time here. So I I want to explain to people how you go about your coaching and what do you think it's unique from others that are out there?
0: there? There are a couple of things. One, I'm all about questions. So everything that I do is a lot of questions, but it's not just money questions. It's not just tactical questions it's the emotional questions, it's the driving questions, and then we get into how do you want to build your business, which leads me to I don't have a one-size-fits-all. David, you've known me for many years. I don't have coaches that work for me. Okay. I do all the coaching myself, and I don't want to sound arrogant in any way, shape, or form, and you know I'm not, but I'm selective in who I work with because I don't want to just bring anyone into the program to set it up to fail. I want Right, or right. set them up to fail. Or, so what we do is there's actually an interview process that we both go through. I do a free introductory coaching session. We try to figure out, are we a right fit? And also, can I help you? Because if I can't help you, there's no point in, uh, no no point in going forward. Yeah. You know, so what are some of the reasons? I, I can just
2: beg, I can feel questions. In the fact, they're coming in. This one just came in. I dissipated it. Is how do you know if someone is right to work with? I'm thinking that person, in fact, I know this person who just wrote that, he's a branch manager, very successful branch manager. He's struggling a little bit on picking the right people. He's growing. How do you know? How would you advise a branch manager to know if someone is the right fit? Then we have to wrap it up
0: with that, unfortunately. Yeah, say um, and that's not an easy question. Um, no. I mean, you have to know the questions to ask. You have to know how to read their tonality. And the truth of the matter is a lot of us already have those instincts. We just don't pay attention to them the way we're supposed to. A lot of times what we do is, and and this is one of the things that I coach managers with in in, in the interview process when I help them really set up their interview process. I mean, I actually, there's a, a national bank that I was actually coaching a manager for a national bank I actually helped him put together his interview process, and I said, you, you work for this bank, and they don't teach you this? He's like, nothing like this. He goes, they, th- they just tread on their name. He doesn't think that we need to do anything else, and he found that when he started implementing this, it helped. Here's my point, and the reason why I'm sharing that is because when you ask the right questions, not just about income, not just about you know, your goals, not just about your history and your track record, pay attention how they speak to you. Pay attention right. to the words they use. Pay attention to the tone. And those are things. Now, I'm a chameleon. I work with a lot of different type of people. There's no two people that I strategically work with together. I mean, everybody is treated that are alike. So the managers, what they have to do is they have to ask these questions. And then what you have also have to do is two, two more things. One, go with your gut. And two... Stop talking. Managers (laughs) oftentimes, because they want to recruit, and I know everybody's laughing at this now. What the interview (laughs) consists of is a manager trying to convince someone to come on board. Yeah. So they do all the talking. Yep. It's it's, it's akin to begging
2: well, I, there's so much information. We're not going to be able to get through all of it. But you do a number of sessions or even special events. And if I understand correctly, you have one that's coming up uh, for 2017. Could you talk a little bit about that?
0: Well, I can. And it's actually coming up tomorrow. It's, it, oh, it's it, coming up tomorrow for yes, 2017. It, oh, okay. It, yes, it's a 2017 business, a purchase business plan and boot camp. It's a 90-minute program which it's about going through all of the steps. Actually, in this case, it's seven steps of really detailing out everything you need to do to really put together a business plan the right way. And it's a 90-minute program. You can actually find out more about it at nmpulive.com. So it's just like NMPU, UniversityLive.com. And if you actually use the code NMPU, you'll save a hundred dollars off of it. And the great thing about it is, as many people as you can put in a room is as many people that can watch it for one price. The price is two ninety nine. So, for a hundred dollars off it's one ninety nine. And you can fill your whole room with all of your sales so people. Th- to, that's excellent. Yeah, you know, So I, give I, me a little flavor some of the flavor some you of know, the things you're
2: know. two minutes with the two minutes you got left, uh the flavor of some of the things you're gonna be covering in that again real quickly.
0: Look, the, the flavor is the com- how to build your business plan the right way, how to set it up, all the things that are necessary to make sure that you achieve your goals. It's also going to be uncovering the mo- or demonstrating the most common mistakes that people make when they're right. building their business plan. I mean, I, I will tell you, I know you have a lot of leaders on this program, and this is basically going to be almost like a blueprint of exactly the, comp- the pieces that you need to put together. I mean, we, we didn't even get to all the components that I was going to talk about in the program because of time, but there are little things that make a big difference. And just to give you one quick example, if I could. Here's the, if someone sets a goal, if we don't improve their skill set, what are the chances on them achieving that goal that's higher than what they did the previous year? Yeah, no, that's a great point.
2: That's a great point.
0: Excellent so reports. it's going to be a lot of things that's going to make people aware of what they need to do to achieve their business plan. And it's great work for a uh, work their sales team. On.
2: For those that want to get signed up for it, we've got to wrap this up. How do they yes. can learn about it? Where do they go? What website? And how can they, people reach you? What's the most effective okay.
0: way? Okay. To, uh, to find out about the program, you just go to nmpulive.com. All the information's there, and you can sign up right from the website. The discount is NMPU, so make sure you write that code in there so this way you can save some money. As far as reaching me directly, they can reach me at Ron V, R O N V, at NMP yep. Media Ron V at NMP okay. Media Corp. Com. And they can also call, I'm just going to give you the office phone, which comes directly to me. They can call 888 979. 6678, and then just go to extension 801, and that'll ring directly to me. 888-979-6678, extension 801.
2: If you're looking to get your plan figured out and getting operational, be sure to listen or dial in, become a part of this event. It's a great event. Ron, you'll always learn. I always learn something from Ron. We have a lot of our similar philosophies, how we're aligned. I love the, I use jujitsu or whatever the martial arts is, is using the energy of others. And, uh, and then also, you know, understanding your why it's one of my favorite questions to ask people. And I get the same blank stares. So I uh, want to spend some more time talking to you, Ron, when I got to, we've got to just stay, do a better job of staying in touch with each other. I'm very grateful that you took time this week to come and join us. Have a great, uh, great rest of the week. Great holidays. And I hope you have a Awesome event next tomorrow.
0: Thank you so much, Dave, for having me on the program and we're going to talk soon. Happy holidays.
2: I can't happy holidays, friend. Appreciate it. Again, folks, we've had as our guest Ron Veinberg with National Mortgage Professional U N M P U. Check it out. Great Great amount of resources there. I write for that blog. I do a blog writing and also post an article in their magazine every month. So be sure to check it out. The Berman's are Andrew and Joel Berman, great friends, and we really appreciate them as well. Next week's program is Casey Crawford. It's the first of a part two part series. It's part one of a two part series on how your company can give back to your community. We're talking about it's the holidays. The reason for the season is the giving and and uh, and being a blessing and giving. Giving back, and well, We're going to be bring Casey Crawford on of Movement Mortgage. He does a fabulous job of doing that. And then we've got Kevin Stitt, who will be giving us a, a talk on that on the week of Christmas. Um, so be very good. Be sure to come back and tune in next week. Appreciate you being a part of us and telling others about the program. And we'll look forward to having you back here next week.
1: This has been Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin, of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us again next week, and thank you for listening.